Hello and welcome back to the MBA Today. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, we're talking about SBA lending. And for this conversation, I'm joined by the Senior Vice President and Business Banking Team Leader at MNT Bank, Carla McCatton. Carla, how are you doing this morning? I'm great, Eric. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, no, I appreciate you joining and uh, and and talking about this topic. Uh, so SBA lending, can can we before we get into that, can you tell our listeners a little bit about your role there at MNT to kind of kind of set the groundwork for what we're going to be talking about today? Sure, I'd be I'd be happy to. So um, my role as a as a team leader at MNT is to to oversee my geography as Baltimore City. So I have a team of relationship managers who roll up to me and we collaboratively support all of the businesses in the business banking space um, in Baltimore City and, you know, outlying communities as well. Um, So everything from brand new businesses up to about $30 million in revenue and, you know, businesses who who need anything from deposits to treasury management services to loans um, fall under our purview. Um, I don't know if it's if it's worthwhile for me to tell you a little bit about my history. But I'd love to hear that. I, you yes. know, yeah, beyond, beyond just being a team leader, I've been with the bank almost 15 years, and um, I've spent a, a, about seven years of that time in our retail branch network as a um, as a branch manager and a commercial branch manager. Um, and then I moved into a relationship manager role. So the folks who are on my team, I've sat in their seat. Um, and I've been the team leader for about three years, three and a half years now. Um, but throughout that entirety of my tenure with the bank, I've spent a lot of time working with small business owners and um, SBA lending specifically. So this is a topic that's very near and dear to my heart. Um, and it is very, um, it, it's important for me, you know, as you think about the impact that we can have have on the community and individuals and business owners. Um, so I've got a lot of passion for it. So I, I, I hope you, uh, you know, you, you, you uh, bear with me through my, uh, <laughs> through my impassioned conversation. I today. love it. So, well, it. Well, let's, let's, let's stay on that for just a second. So what, um, what got you into banking to begin with? Do you, um, is your whole career been in banking even prior to MNT? Great question. I tell people banking is hereditary. Um, I am an accidental banker. Um, my mother was a banker. My grandfather was a banker. Um, but I didn't start out to be one. Um, I intended to be in some sort of public service, um, whether it was public policy or, you know, politics. And, um, you know, uh, almost 18 years ago, banking found me and it ended up being just a natural fit. And I found um, a passion for working with with business owners um, that I've just continued to cultivate throughout that time. So um, it's it, it's been a, a great journey for me, but um, it, it was interestingly not uh, not an intentional one. <laughs> Accidental banker, I like that. All right, well, let's get on to SBA lending. Can you can you give our listeners a quick rundown of what an SBA loan is and what are the the primary types of SBA loans? Absolutely. So um, I always like to think of of SBA loans as just, you know, a business loan uh, in and of itself, right? So SBA loans can be used for 
anything and everything from from working capital to equipment to real estate um, to purchasing a business um, to starting up a business. Um, the difference between an SBA loan and a conventional business loan is really just that SBA can provide a government-backed guarantee for the banks. So one of the ways that I, t- I t- try to describe it to business owners who may or may not be familiar with, um, with business lending in general is to think of it similar to a VA or an FHA loan on the residential side, right? So you work with a lender, the lender provides you with the financing, um, but there is a guarantee attached to the loan, which provides a benefit both to the bank and to the borrower, um, but is primarily used to, to offset risk in a transaction. So um, the SBA offers a lot of different programs, right? So, you know, you can do micro loans to um, express loans to real estate loans. Um, and so it kind of runs the gamut. But I think the idea is, is that, you know, what we do is, is we work with our business owners through the consultation process. Um, all of our relationship managers are trained in both SBA and conventional lending. And so when we sit down with someone who's looking to borrow money, we spend a lot of time getting to know the needs of the business, um, the operations of the business, and what they need the mon- money for. And through that consultation process, we will determine whether um, an SBA loan program could be to the advantage of, of the borrower. Mm-hmm. And what, what's the deciding factor from from your point of view when you're having that conversation? What what pushes you one way or the other? It's a really great question. I always say that SBA helps the bank to mitigate risk, right? So there are certain types of loans that that have inherently more risk than others, right? So most often what we see with SBA loans are you've got a startup business, right? And so unproven history, right? But a great business plan and, 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 and strong financial projections, but we don't have the historical capability to look in the rearview mirror and see how they've performed. Right. Mm -hmm. So SBA lending oftentimes helps us to get those borrowers funded where it might be a challenge on the conventional front due to the lack of of um, of history in terms of performance. Um, Oftentimes acquisitions. So transferring ownership from one business owner to another creates a level of risk because the new owner in similar fashion. Right. The new owner doesn't have the same um, history and experience as a business owner. Um, sometimes we we use SBA loan programs to um, to offset collateral shortfalls. Um, so if we have a a business that you know may not have enough collateral to to cover the transaction, um, you know there's there's an opportunity for us to to use an SBA loan program. High risk industries is another way, um, but but really you know there's an opportunity for us to to look at you know what are the needs of the of the business owner and how can we help support them. And SBA often makes the difference between getting something approved and telling a borrower, "I'm sorry, we can't help you." And so you know more often than not, SBA helps us to get over that hurdle if there's if there's some sort of a, a weakness in the financial picture, right? So you think about the seeds of credit. Um, SBA is is a really strong. Um, uh, it gives a bank a strong opportunity to to help businesses um, that just wouldn't necessarily con- um, qualify for conventional financing. Gotcha. So there's a, so there's a benefit on the banking front to to lend that money uh, to help businesses and give the bank a little bit more peace of mind. What what are the benefits to the small business owner over different types of loans? 
Such a great question. So outside of just the the inherent ability to 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 get the financing itself, right, which you know certainly supports the the business and the community and creates jobs and all of the great things that come along with being able to support businesses with access to capital. Um, oftentimes there are there are advent, advantageous um, criteria for SBA that that excuse me, that borrowers are able to take advantage of as well. So um, the benefit to the bank getting the guarantee means that sometimes we can stretch on our loan to value requirements, right? So think about um, conventional real estate, you know, you want 80% loan to value. Um, SBA oftentimes allows us to go to 90%. So it's less cash out of pocket for for a borrower. Mm-hmm. Um, oftentimes it allows us to extend our terms, so if you think about on a conventional loan, if a borrower, for example, wanted to buy some equipment um, and the equipment, you know, typically we would finance it. Let's just use five years as the most average amortization. SBA will allow us to stretch those terms to, to seven years or to 10 years. Um, so there's there's benefits on both sides of the equation for using an SBA loan program. So it's not it's not just one sided on to unbank, but it really um, it does give borrowers Excellent. So you've been doing this for a while. So what do you what what purposes do you see these typically being used for? And how how are those loans being uh, put to use? Um, so I, you know, I would say that what we see um, most often with these types of loans, like I, like I referenced before, is you know you've got you've got a transaction, you've got a little bit of a of a risk. Um, and so SBA helps us to, to get that transaction funded in spite of the risk. Um, so most often, and what I've seen recently, I can kind of speak to some of the recent deals that we've been working on. Um, we've had a couple recently where we're doing startup financing. So you've got someone who's never been a business owner before and they want to be a business owner and they need financing in order to do that. Um, we've done some real estate lending recently through the SBA 504 program, um, which, you know, again, gives the borrowers the opportunity to put less um, capital in upfront because, you know, there's the bank is, gets the guarantee and we work with participatory lenders to, you know, to, to help the business owner have the advantage of, you know, the lower loan to value requirements. So we've done some real estate, um, you know, we've done some acqui- acquisition financing recently as well. So the ownership change. Um, so there's a variety of different things that we've been looking at recently. Um, those are the most common, mm-hmm. um, I, I would say. Um, and oftentimes, you know, if, if if you've got a business that, let's say, needs a working capital line of credit, um, but doesn't have the ability to, to have collateral, right? So service-based businesses where, you know, you don't have a ton of collateral in the business. There's no widgets, if you will, right? There's no inventory or, or sort of tangible collateral. A lot of times, SBA allows us to help fund those businesses as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, the the number of SBA loans has increased greatly over the last couple of years. Is there a reason why that you see that happening? Um, yeah, I think you know. Listen, the the last couple of years have been sort of a, a an interesting time um, for businesses and banks, right? So, um, you know, M and T has has consistently been top SBA lenders. Um, we've been number one in Baltimore. You know, for for the last I think fourteen consecutive years, 
Um, we're number six in the country, which is up from number seven. Um, so we we definitely um, focus on SBA and, and have done a lot of it. Um, I, I think that, you know, the, the growth of SBA lending can be attributed to a, a couple of different factors. And this is just based on my own observation. Um, but we are, as a result, I think, of, of the pandemic, seeing, you know, folks who are reevaluating what they want to do with their future. Mm-hmm. So maybe folks who had always had the entrepreneurial spirit, but didn't want to take the risk into business ownership. I think we've seen a rise in folks that are, you know, just taking the plunge and saying, you know, hey, I, I, I want to try something new. Um, we have seen more new businesses, at least recently. Um, sometimes that's folks who were working part time and had a great idea and, you know, decided they were going to make that a full time, um, a full time endeavor. Um you know, again, I think spurred on by the by the pandemic and you know the great resignation, we have seen folks who are on their second careers, um, you know, retiring from their existing jobs. Um, I I used to do a ton of SBA lending for military personnel who had put in their twenty years, retiring, and still you know wanted to do something, and so starting a business was a really attractive option for them. Um, and I think, you know, it's it sort of it tangentially um, changes in ownership. We've seen an acceleration of that, too. Right. So, you know, folks who may or may not have quite been ready for retirement, but decided, you know, with the stress, stresses that came along with the pandemic to accelerate that transition of ownership, whether it's to the next generation or to an outside buyer. So, you know, that's that's been my observation about what's really driving the growth. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah, you have this this event that kind of affects everybody in the world and uh, pushed a lot of people out, pushed a lot of people to make changes to their lives. And you had the, what did they call it? The great resignation, like all these people Mm -hmm. leaving their jobs and then subsequently wanting to start businesses, I guess. (laughs) So that's great. Yeah. Well, and listen, as, a, as somebody who hires people, right, and talks to business owners all the time, you know, we hear the number one concern from business owners is finding and retaining their talent, right? So we kept wondering, where did all the people go? Um, and and I think that there is there's a correlation to to new business ownership to you know to that with the great resignation and listen not for nothing I think the impact of you know social media and Shark Tank and and mm-hmm. influencers who have you know ha- have kind of changed the game of what it means to be a business owner and and I think that's created some influence excuse me, on folks who, you know, may or may not have ever thought that it was a possibility. Now, all of a sudden there's a new, there's a new world out there. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and you mentioned that, uh, M&T moved from number seven to number six. So you've seen that same growth internally, uh, as, as the whole country has experienced it as well. Yes, yes, absolutely. So, I, you know, I think this year we, we executed on 250, uh, SBA loans for, over $36 million. Um, and that's locally. So nationally we did 1,440 SBA loans, I believe. Um, so over $203 billion in, in capital, you know, just from M and T and, you know, so I, I think that, you know, being part of the community and getting involved in, you know, knowing, you know, what's going on in, in the marketplace and, and being out there talking to, to not only business owners, but people who know business owners and people who know people who want to be business owners, um, has, has had an effect on, on all of our growth. Gotcha. 
So in in our world, uh, fintech has has a big influence on things, and there's obviously a lot of alternatives to traditional banking and and lending. What 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 is that influence placed in the small business marketplace, and and what what influences or effects does that have on what you're trying to do to lend this money out? What have you seen? There? Sure. Sure. So, so listen, I think healthy, healthy competition just kind of keeps everybody on their toes, right? Mm -hmm. So having new players in any market, I, I think can be a good thing overall. Um, and, and I think that the fintech market has, you know, ha, has started to increase overall lending and it's particularly in underserved markets, right? So, you know, whether it's minority business owners who, you know, we know historically have had, um, struggles with getting access to, to capital. And, and I think that was really spotlighted during the, you know, the PPP process, mm -hmm. right? Um, small business owners who may have had difficulty with, you know, traditional lending and whether that's because they don't have an existing banking relationship or they have time to to talk to somebody during working hours and so they need these online digital platforms for convenience um and and so you know i think that there's there's a there's a place where you know you have to recognize that that the market is changing a little bit and i think that you know one of the things that we're we're trying to do at mnt is is make sure that we're showing up where our customers need us um and and the competition that comes from fintechs and online lenders you know has put us in a in a place where we've rethinking we're rethinking our business model right and and maybe in some and, and not maybe but and definitely in some circumstances accelerating um, the simplification of the process and the access to the online tools and you know and and making sure that folks can access us when they need us maybe not necessarily when we are in the office right right so so I think that's that's really kind of the, the positive side of things. Um, where, where I feel like, you know, it's really important for, for business owners to, to kind of know is that there's a time and place for ease of use and, and quickness. Um, but, but really, you know, business lending can be complicated, particularly when you're dealing with an SBA loan. And so I think it's really important that, you know, business owners have somebody that they can call that they can talk to, that they can sit down and they, they, you know, the relationship manager on the other side of the table has a level of expertise that they can, you know, help navigate the process and, and help answer questions. And, you know, so, so I think that, you know, there's, there's definitely a benefit and there's a place for online lenders, but I think it's really important to make sure that that does not replace the personal connection, right? Like, the pandemic has put us in a position where, you know, we let's just do a virtual call or let's, you know, let's just talk over email. And when it comes to your business and your capital and your needs and, and your growth, I think it's really important to have somebody that you can sit down and talk to face to face. So, yes, it's changing what, you know, what's available to folks in the marketplace. Um, and I don't necessarily think that that's a, a bad thing. Right. Mm -hmm. Um but but I do think that you know there's there's that there's nothing that replaces a personal connection and an expert who can help consult in your business um, because really SBA lending oftentimes those are borrowers who probably need the most guidance right especially if they're new owners or new businesses you know they really need somebody to stand next to them and and show them the way and you just can't get that from an online platform. That's right. Very well said. So, uh, so Carla, would you, uh, wrapping up this conversation, what do you think is the most important thing that, that both lenders and borrowers need to know about SBA loans? 
Um, my, my, my number one thing that I would say there is don't be afraid of SBA lending. Um, there, there just, there tends to be a stigma, um, or a negative connotation associated with SBA loans. And I, and I think there's been, you know, they've gotten kind of a bad reputation, if you will, in terms of complexity, right? So if you Google, what is an SBA loan? And and, and I did this in preparation for today. <laughs> okay. So if you Google, what is an SBA loan? The first answer that comes up says, it's a long process that requires a lot of documentation. <laughs> <laughs> and and so if you're a new business owner and you see that online, you might go, oh, I don't. And, and then somebody recommends you get an SBA loan. Your gut reaction may be, well, I don't want to go through a long process and have to do a lot of documentation. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, there are specific requirements that come with SBA. And yes, there's paperwork. But the reality is, is that the programs are designed to help the banks better support our small business community. and so. If on the banking side, we shy away from them because, you know, they require a few more signatures or a few more forms, then I think we completely defeat the purpose, right? So, you know, I think that, you know, on the the borrower side, don't be afraid of them. The key is just to make sure that you work with a preferred lender like M&T, somebody who knows the process, somebody who can help, like I said before, stand side by side and help you navigate through the programs. Um, but but really, don't be afraid. There is there is a true benefit to to the bank, to the borrower, to the community. The trickle down effect that comes from these capital loans is it, it can't be understated. And so, don't be afraid if you hear SBA. Don't be afraid. <laughs> uh, any final thoughts, Carla, on this topic before we wrap up? Well, you know, Eric, I could talk about this all day long. Um, as you as you can probably tell, I, and like I said at the beginning, I'm, I'm incredibly about passionate yeah. about SBA and about helping small business owners. Um, so, so I would I would just thank you for the opportunity to to share my thoughts. Um, I thank you know the Maryland Bankers Association for for putting together this forum um, because I think the more information that we can disseminate to to business owners and borrowers, the better off we all will be. And so I just, I really appreciate the time, the opportunity. Senior Vice President and Business Banking Team Leader at MT Bank, Carla McCadden. Carla, thank you so much. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for joining me today. Thanks, Eric. I appreciate it. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for joining us. We'll be back next time with more MBA Today. You can always find past episodes by visiting our website, mdbankers.com slash podcast. You can also leave feedback or send inquiries by email to mbapodcast at mdbankers.com. The Maryland Bankers Association is the leading advocate, trusted partner, and exceptional resource for Maryland banks in the banking industry. Until next time, remember that together we represent one voice. And as an industry, we make a positive difference in the communities that we serve. Have a great week.